I thank God for all who have led us in this wonderful service of worship today, for all of you who are here in person and all of you who are worshiping with us online. We are in a sermon series called Faithful. We're talking about dimensions of Christian faith. And today I want to draw your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll read verses 14 through 16 from the New Revised Standard Version. And the title of today's sermon is Grateful Faith, a Thanksgiving Parade. Paul writes, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. One of the most renowned Thanksgiving traditions in our country is the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Since 1924, this celebrated event has inaugurated the holiday season in New York City. This Thursday, thousands will line the streets of Manhattan to watch the parade and millions more will view it on television. The parade features approximately 10,000 participants as well as beautiful floats and gigantic helium balloons the size of buildings. It includes waving celebrities, Broadway casts, dance troops, famous singers, and marching bands. And at the very end for the grand finale, Old St. Nicholas will make an appearance. I remember watching this parade on TV every Thanksgiving when I was growing up at my grandparents' house. The cooks would be scurrying about in the kitchen and the smell of the turkey and the other food would waft into the living room where we sat watching the floats and the performers go by on the television screen. For many people, watching this Thanksgiving parade is part of their annual Thanksgiving tradition. Did you know that the Christian faith involves a Thanksgiving parade? The Apostle Paul writes, thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal 
procession. Paul is thanking God because Christ leads us in a parade. But it's not a typical parade. The Greek term Paul uses is thriambeo, which was the word for a Roman triumph. In the world the Apostle Paul inhabited, the world of the first century Roman Empire, emperors often went out to war and led their troops in battle. If the emperor earned a big victory over a foreign enemy, he would return home and go through the city leading a victory parade called the Triumph or Thriambeo. At the front of the parade were Roman senators. Next came the trumpeters. Then came carts carrying the spoils of war. After that came the ceremonial white bulls. Then came the captives of war that were marched through the city in chains. Next was the climax of the procession, the Roman emperor himself, dressed in ceremonial garments and riding a chariot pulled by war horses. Beside him was a servant who held a golden wreath over his head, and behind the emperor were his officers and his soldiers. The streets would be lined with spectators who cheered vigorously and showered the emperor with flowers as the parade passed by. The triumph was a well-known event in the ancient world, so the Corinthian Christians, when they read the word thriambeo in verse 14, probably knew exactly what Paul was talking about. In fact, a few years before Paul wrote to the Corinthians, the Roman emperor Claudius conquered the southern Britons and returned home to stage a monumental victory parade, a huge thriambeo. The image of Claudius's triumph may still have been fresh on the minds of the Corinthians when they received Paul's letter to them. However, according to Paul, Christ is the true Lord, not the Roman emperor. According to Paul, Christ is the true victor, not Caesar. According to Paul, Christ is the true Savior who leads Christians in the true triumphal parade. There's a long-standing interpretative debate about who exactly Christians are in this analogy of the parade. Some say we are Christ's soldiers, his fellow conquerors. But the most natural way to render the passage indicates that we are actually Christ's captives. We are those he has overwhelmed and taken captive. This image is hard to swallow. It means we are not in control of our lives. 
It means we have surrendered our lives to Christ. It means we walk with Him wherever He goes. It means we are displayed for His glory, not ours. It means we do His will, not our will. Why in the world would Paul thank God for that? Well, for one thing, captivity to Christ is true freedom. It has been said that Christ binds us with a weightless chain that sets the willing captive free. Christ gives us freedom not to do whatever we want, but to do whatever is right. Christ gives us freedom not to live however we wish, but to live the way God intended life to be lived. Yet there is another reason to thank God that we are Christ's captives. It is precisely in our captivity to Christ that we share in His victory. You see, being captives to Christ means we are no longer captives to sin. So we don't really have to choose between being Christ's captives and being His fellow conquerors. We are both. When we surrender our lives to Christ, we conquer the power of sin, we conquer the power of temptation, we conquer the power of evil through Christ's strength. In Christ, to surrender is to conquer. To be captive is to be free. And to be weak is to be strong. Captivity to Christ is a beautiful thing because He has not conquered us with violence, but with love. Three chapters later, in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, Paul says, The love of Christ constrains us. Sometimes it's translated the love of Christ compels us, but it can also be rendered that we are held captive by the love of Christ. It is the love of Christ that has overwhelmed us, that has brought us to surrender, and that has taken us captive. Think about it. Christ did not conquer by bearing arms. He conquered by spreading out His arms. Christ did not ride into town on a chariot pulled by war horses. He rode into town on a humble donkey. Christ did not have a servant crowning Him with a golden wreath but rather had mockers crowning him with thorns. Christ did not fight with force. He fought with forgiveness. Father, forgive them, he cried from the cross. That's why Romans 5.10 says, While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. We, who were formerly on the opposing side, we, who used to be enemies of Christ, have become His willing 
captives. In captivity to Christ, we are doers of his will and we are followers of his way. We love God and we love neighbor. We walk in joy and we walk in peace. We exercise compassion for those around us. We do justly and love mercy and march humbly so that all the glory goes to God. When our lives are chained to Christ, we display His love for all to see. To walk as a Christian is to march in Christ's victory parade. As Bible scholar J. Paul Sampley notes, it is God who always triumphs. Those who are led are not themselves triumphalists. Indeed, this parade, this Christian walk, this way of living is about Christ's triumph, not Christian triumphalism. The procession is not about walking on other people in the name of Christ or asserting a worldly form of power in the name of Jesus. It's about parading the love of God through the streets and thoroughfares of this world with thanksgiving that Christ has won the victory over sin and over death. As we march in captivity to Christ, we display the knowledge of God. Paul speaks of the knowledge of God as a fragrance that is emitted. In the Roman triumph, there was a tradition of using spices, aromatic substances, and burning incense before the arrival of the emperor. The image Paul sets forth is that of an aroma wafting through the air into the nostrils of spectators as Christ parades by with his captives in tow. The bystanders sense that this walk of captivity to Christ, this march of obedience to Christ, this procession of thanksgiving to God and love for neighbor is what it means to know God. Fragrances, of course, can be attractive or repellent. The smell of nail polish is invigorating for some and deplorable to others. The smell of freshly cut grass is beloved by some and despised by others. The smell of burgers cooking on a grill is delightful to some and draws them in. But it sends others in the opposite direction. It's similar with the knowledge of God. Bible scholar Mitzi Minor notes, this fragrance is not a neutral smell. Indeed, some are repelled by its odor. They sense the knowledge of God as death and they distance themselves from it. The knowledge of God can smell like 
death because Christ calls us to die to our old self, to die to the ways of the world, to die to sin so that we might live in him. This is symbolized in baptism. When we are buried in the water to show that we are dying to sin, then raised from the water to show that we are living a new life in Christ. Some people don't want to die to sin, so they turn away from the parade. But others, says Paul, sense the knowledge of God as life, and they are attracted. They are drawn toward the procession because they find its fragrance delightful, refreshing, and life-giving. The knowledge of God can smell like life because as we die to sin, we live for God and we find life at its truest, life to the fullest, life to the max. As verse 15, 16 says, Christ takes us from life to life. When we join his procession, he gives us life abundant here and now, and he marches us to everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven. The victory parade of Christ has a magnetic character that gently pulls people in with an enticing aroma of thanksgiving, joy, a hope, peace, humility, compassion, the knowledge of God, and the love of neighbor. In the little town of Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, where I grew up, my family and I would sometimes attend the annual holiday parade that took place on Main Street. I remember walking to the end of Tubbs Mountain Road and standing across from the old Batson's grocery store there and watching as the parade went by. Fire trucks would pass by. People riding horses would pass by. Floats representing local businesses would pass by. Local dignitaries and beauty queens would pass by in convertibles. It was a grand celebration in small town USA. My favorite part of the parade was the very end, the grand finale when old St. Nicholas would make an appearance, reminding us that Christmas time was right around the corner. And at the end of this small town parade, I loved it because the spectators were allowed to join in. Sometimes kids would go running out behind Santa Following along, sometimes an entire family would leave the sidewalk holding hands and join along at the end of the procession, following with the parade down the street. I loved watching it because the parade would get longer and longer as it went and it picked up more and more people as it passed by. And there were some times I remember thinking, we may not end up with any spectators left, only participants. Likewise, as we march in Christ's triumph, as we march in his victory parade through this troubled world, as we march in captivity to his loving lordship, others will sense the knowledge of God being emitted from us 
like a fragrance. They will sense life abundant drawing them near. They will sense life to the fullest tugging them closer. They will sense life that is authentic, real, deep, and true. Life that is humble and exalted. Life that is surrendered and victorious. Life that is captive and free. Life that is weak and strong. And they will choose to join the parade, the parade to eternal life in the kingdom of God. So it's no wonder then that Paul starts all of these comments with a profound word of thanksgiving. Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Thanks be to God, who takes us captive by the love of Christ. Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory over sin. Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory over evil. Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory over death. Thanks be to God, who calls us to die to sin and live in Christ. Thanks be to God who binds us with a weightless chain that sets the willing captive free. Thanks be to God who welcomes everybody to join in Christ's victory parade. Thanks be to God who draws us gently by the magnetism of grace so that we can be participants in the great march of life. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory as we wave the white flag and surrender to the loving lordship of the true savior, the true king, the true ruler, the true Messiah. Thanks be to God indeed. Amen. If you have never put your faith in Christ, won't you come forward this morning and come march with us in this life of love? If you would like to be baptized, won't you come forward? We would love to schedule a baptism service for you. If you would like to join Second Baptist Church, we would welcome you gladly. I'll be standing down front to receive you as we now respond, however the Spirit leads.